You're in tune to the Underrated Dudes Podcast featuring DJ Sean Blue, Big Al, and Claude Deuce. And that and 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 that's just what it is. So to all independent artists who may be listening, again, make sure you pay attention to what's going on social media wise. You need it. You're gonna have to use it. You're gonna have to have a fun. Pay attention to your following. Love on your followers. Love on your people who really support you. You know what I'm saying? Show them some love. Interact with them. Converse with them. Even if they are of the same sex, the opposite sex. You know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, in order to gain friends, you gotta show yourself friendly. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's one of the things that you're gonna have to understand as an independent artist. You're gonna have to engage your audience, especially again, those those people who will pay that 99 cent or they'll pay that ten dollars to come see you perform at a show. Those people, man, you know what I'm saying? Like when they want to take a picture with you, take a picture with you, with, with them. When they want to, when they want to talk to you for about three or four minutes, talk to them for about three or four minutes. Like give them that, you know what I'm saying? Because again, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, people won't always remember what you said, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. So, you know what I'm saying? So make sure you're paying attention to social media. Along with that, we told you, make sure that your, your talent is there. I mean, Hands down, you gotta have a talent, and then also make sure that you are packaging, you know, what I'm saying, and this qu- a quality product, and then create the buzz. These are just steps that will put you in these spaces and these places that you know. I'll be honest in saying that although you know I started off by saying do everything in the opposite that I had done, you know, I'll be honest in saying that you know when when I linked up with Slade. Uh, w- when he was Tone and everything like that. And when I met Claude, because of course I met Claude through Tone, through the Neuro Inc. faction. You know what I'm saying? That's how I met Claude. And uh, I remember um, Tone told me from the very, and I, I was such a Tone fan. Like, I mean, just being honest, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm literally like a Tone historian because of how much of a fan I, I am of him. So when, when he and I was having a conversation, he said, get every magazine that you can about the gospel music industry and know everything. And that's how I've always taken it. Like I've taken it like that. So I had subscribed to gospel today. I had subscribed to gospel heritage. You know what I'm saying? Like every publication I had because I was trying, I wanted to know who this person was, who that person was, who that person was. So, you know, a lot of people don't know like the way that the whole Superman thing happened. The way the whole Superman thing really happened when it comes to artistry was I was at a GMA Dove Awards week and I was on the artist track and there was this uh, panel discussion. And at the time, the panel discussion had um, Max Siegel, Jackie Patillo. Um, what what was the, the, the white guy's name who was at EMI? Larry Blackwell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Larry Blackwell. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was like all these kind of people that were on this panel. And this room was full of artists and not just like independent artists trying to make it like. I remember there was an argument that had started because Bobby Jones and Kim Burrell were saying that the labels were looking for younger talent and not paying attention to those who had been established anymore. And it was a whole thing. So I remember I don't remember exactly what I said. But I got up, asked a question, and I made a statement. 
And when I did, it shook the room and everybody was like, oh my God, like, you know, it's all this stuff. So then every time people on the panel would, would start talking, they would go back to address something I see. And it had to do something with Tone and him recording his project independently in his bedroom and everything like that. And so they were going, they would always reference it. And I remember Max Siegel said, what, what, what was, uh, what was the gentleman name? Uh, Superman. Superman. What was Superman? Superman. Superman. So Superman, I want to say this to you. And so my thought was, oh, y'all don't know Big Al, but y'all know the Superman shirt. So every time I got in an, in a venue that I knew that the people that were in that room were going to be in, I made sure I had on a Superman shirt. And so that was where the whole brand came. So a lot of people still, there's quite a few people who'd be like, man, you know, Big Al? Like, no, no, Superman. Oh, the big dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was, that was one of those things that I kind of picked up and, you know, saying like that was the way that happened. But as an independent artist, I had to, you know, of course have that thing that would, you know what I'm saying? Like keep my name or my buzz kind of going. And that was it for me. You know what I'm saying? But man, <laughs> you know, it's so crazy because so there, there's a, there's a, there's, I, I want to go ahead and make a disclaimer real quick and say this. There's one name that I will not say when I start when we start talking about what we're about to talk about now, okay. there's one name that I would not say. And the name that I would not say is the name of the other person who was in the room. Right. Okay. So I want to make sure that I say that, you know what I'm saying? Because that would cause, you know what I'm Because nobody has ever said anything about the name of the other person in the room. Nobody's ever said anything about that. And so I don't want to be the person who kind of, you know what I'm saying, like puts the flashlight on because, you know, we've just started TUD. You know what I'm saying? Now, when we get to, you know what I'm saying, like I am athlete kind of money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then I'm dropping, boom, drop clues, boom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess that. But, you know, um, Claude put me on this, this, uh, this particular person. And and I want you to tell people who he is. Claude put me on this particular person who is known now as probably the number one gospel blogger. And his name is Larry Reed. Can you give us some, some backstory on who Larry Reed is? So what I know about uh, Larry Reed, man, he's he uh he a pastor traditionally, mm-hmm. meaning he had a building. Right for twenty years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was a very young pastor when he started. I think mm-hmm. it was about nineteen, eighteen or nineteen when he started pastor, and he got married that same year. And he was married and pastoring for twenty years. Um, got a divorce, stopped pastoring the traditional way, and went to more like online pastoring. Right, you know, having a group of people, they would have a prayer line. They still do. They have prayer line, and they still have virtual Bible studies and sessions. Um. But as Al already stated, he became uh, a media figure, mm-hmm. online media figure. He would talk about politics, sports, news, just different things that were happening, entertainment news, you know, world news, and just talk things out. He had uh, his ex-wife as a co-host, mm-hmm. he had another gentleman um, as a co-host, and that was cool. And then he kind of rebranded 
and did the Larry Reed show mm-hmm. where he basically, if anything had become public and they wanted to talk about it, he would talk about it. So that was his whole mantra. He was like, right. you know, I didn't, I didn't break stories, but if they were already broken and in public, I talk about them. Right. Like he would get to the bottom of things and he, you know, and a lot of his stuff dealt with the church world and the gospel music industry. Yeah. And so recently he had Lexi Allen, who mm. is, you know, she's a social media influencer. She's mm. a, a gospel artist. She's mm. a comedian. Mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, she's even I think dabbled in the um, makeup line and she has a hairline done some different things. Mm-hmm. She's an entrepreneur, and so she was very well known a few years ago on the Word Network for having the Lexi Show, mm-hmm. and she had our dear friend brother B Slade, then known as Tone, on her show. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can argue and say that this particular interview that she did with him was the major turning point in his career kind of going downward, mm-hmm. right? So she was on Larry Reed talking about that. Yeah. And, and it's, man, we've been, it's been a conversation starter for us for the last week or so. So let, let's say this real quick, you know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Larry Reed because one, a lot of people don't know outside of him being a pastor and, and, and everything like that. Like this dude can flat out sing. Larry Reed actually uh, recorded a song with Tony a few years ago. Uh, Tony had uh, B. Slade had written for him and, and he went and, and recorded. So, you know what I'm saying? So that was, that's that. Then shout out to my girl, Lexi. Like Lexi and I have history. Like this is, this is a, a really, really dear friend of mine. Uh, we have, of course, some distance in between us, but she's a dear friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I will say this. Uh, you know, we were talking about last week about gospel beef blue. Let me tell you this. There's a <laughs> Lexi's ex-husband. If I ever see him, Where? God gonna have to, he gonna have to do something in my life. Cause <laughs> I'll just be honest. If I ever was to see Lexi's ex-husband, he like it would be on site, and it, the only way it couldn't be on site is that God would have to paralyze me <laughs> or like something word. like that. Oh man, yeah. Because speaking of word, like dude worked for the Word Network. Lexi did too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I met him at a Bobby Jones gospel event for the Word Network, and he was like, "Yo, Al, the biggest thing you need is a music video." I couldn't agree more. And my man was like, "Yo," he showed me like. You know what I'm saying? Like some videos that he had done, and I was super excited. And so he charged me an astronomical amount of money to shoot a music video. And I had to send him half up front and send him half when he got there. And I did that. But when he pulled up, when he pulled up in Monroe, Louisiana, he pulled up with a dude that looked he had looked like he had been smoking weed the whole trip and pulled up with a little thought. <laughs> and one little camera and i was like wait a minute well wait a minute and so we shot the video and it was to the song back man yeah. i don't even know if y'all remember that but yeah. it was to back man it was the absolute the absolute <laughs> worst thing i have ever seen in my entire life like bro let me tell you how bad it was blue at the beginning of black back man when like you hear all the little <laughs> Man, when the right before the he literally had taken 
<laughs> do, you, do you remember on double dribble when you would get close to the goal and hit B? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like the man would turn into like this huge three D character, <laughs> and he would like be double yep. pumping the dunk yep. the ball. It gets he, bigger too. Man, he literally had like when it was like like all you saw was like Asian people walking really really fast, and then all of a sudden you saw that image jump up on the screen, and then the song started, and I was like, "What the?" I was like. Play boy, play boy. So then I hit him up and I was like, man, this is horrible. He was like, man, Al, you got to expand your mind. I was like, bro, this ain't got nothing to do with expansion. I said, bro, you got. So he did another cut and it was worse than that. So he was like, bro, you know what? And I said, what happened to the whole camera crew and all this stuff? Y'all sold me on and everything like. So then he like, bro, what's the problem? I said, it's horrible. He's like, well, give me one more stab at it. So now I couldn't take it no more. So I called Lexi and I was like, Lexi. Your husband came here. She said, my who? And I was like, your husband. And then she's like, we're divorced. And I said, word? She was like, yeah. And so then I was like, okay, well, let me just vent then. So I started telling, she was like, oh, that's because he was using all the equipment from the Word Network and he got fired for it. So he didn't have access to any of that stuff anymore. And I was like, oh. So when I talked to him again, then on top of that, one of my former students, he tricked her into believing that he had a, a friend that was a Ford model. <laughs> Bro, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. That's why I say if I ever see him, dog, knuckle up. On site. On site. Well, anyway, shout out to my girl, Lexi. But he, he was supposed to give me my money back. And then he sat there and turned one of my former students out. Like she even left Louisiana, went to live with him for on site, dog. Like I'm just saying, <laughs> exactly <laughs> on site, bro. So all of to be said, Lexi is a dear friend of mine. Larry Reed and Lexi uh, were having a conversation um, now a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Larry asked Lexi about the Tony interview, yep. and they started sharing the way they recounted it. And this is the thing about that, bro. With every story, every story that we all tell, like even me just telling the story I just told about her ex-husband, he probably has a different variation of that story. Right. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And, 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 and that's the thing. You know, a lot of the times, and this is the thing, a lot of the times people tell stories and they lean it into their direction. You know what I'm saying? They lean it into their direction because they want you to side with them when they're telling it. It's just how people are. Like, and I don't think that anybody means any harm by it. It's just the way we talk. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I told you that story about her ex-husband. You know what I'm saying? Yes, in my mind, you should side with me. But he probably would tell a different variation of that story, but he would probably tell it outside of my presence you know what i'm saying like and that's one of those things where like you know you're talking to this person this person and that person's not there then you know what i'm saying everybody can't say what it was you know what i'm saying but all that to be said when that interview took place bro just just remembering it like it was yesterday you know what i'm saying like if, if we talk about it tone was the number one gospel artist in the world had the number one gospel song in the world, had the number one gospel album in the world. Yeah. 
he had gotten to that point because his whole thing and everybody y'all probably heard it. I'll never forget. My mom was the first one when Tony decided to do out the box and he cut all his hair off and started wearing suits and suits. Yeah. yeah. And then he had got a deal with Steve Harvey collection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he was wearing suits. My mama said, you tell him that's what women like now. We like that. <laughs> like a clean, she was like, we like a clean cut young man. <laughs> we like that now. I like, and he handsome like that. Now you tell him I said. So I told him, and he said, he had to, he said the Lord told him he had to pull back so he could launch him forward. So he had dropped all of the all of the the weird stuff that everybody knew Tony by. So every time you saw him now, he had on a suit. He had a low haircut. He had a low shave. You know what I'm saying? Also, but, let me add this in there. A lot of people didn't know. He was also around the time of the album. He was getting ready to make a move to the ATL. To be the youth pastor. Youth pastor at Newburgh. Pastor under under Bishop Eddie Long, and I think all of that was a part of the. Life. And he was married, and he was married. Mm-hmm. You bet, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and so all all this has happened, and then of course, like that, that's what was going on. And then all of a sudden, boom! Dad has a heart attack. Uncle dies. Dad dies. Auntie dies. Mom dies. Like everybody just start. I know that sounds weird, but it's just like the way it was going. So my man lost like seven family members in like 13 months or something like that. Like it was unbelievable. At the same time, because his dad passed, he was pastoring his dad's church. So he turned down the gig at New Birth. Yep. He's pastoring his dad's church in San Diego. His mom gets sick. All this stuff. He felt like all the stuff that his dad had done for his denomination, they didn't show the love back. So now him and his mom out here struggling, he using all of his money for music to take care of him and his mom and their family and all this stuff. And then, of course, you know what I'm saying? Like in the midst of all that, you know, the divorce, you know, all this stuff is happening. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like he just kind of started. You can start to see it just start to wear on him. So, you know what I'm saying? Like he did an interview on Lift Every Voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and he he dropped the cuss word. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And then he had he had done the naked truth mixtape where he dropped the cuss word. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And everybody was like, what's happening? So you know what I'm saying? He he had gone through that whole little spell. Then it was like, okay, he's coming back around. So this album, Unspoken, is about to be released. Yeah. And so he's going on a Lexi show to promote the unspoken album. But Lexi recounts this interaction as she was about to try to help him get his money back because all of the stuff that he how he been, had been cussing in these interviews and on these uh and on these songs got everybody's attention so much that they were like well we're not gonna book you because you're doing all this cussing now like you're wayward blah 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 so she was thinking in her mind I'm gonna have him on and help help him keep some of these events that he's losing. And so that's what she said to Larry a couple of weeks ago, that she said what she was basically going to give him. And okay. And then we got to say this. There was also allegations being made that he was same gender loving, right? That he was LGBTQ, I a plus. I think that's all of them. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? So he he was all that. You know what I'm saying? Like he had that going on. There was a lot going on. And so when they did the interview, <laughs> I just would never forget. I would never forget this. Because I would never forget, like, he actually sent me transcripts of the video, of the like, like I'm talking about my cell phone, just <laughs> and I'm just like, man, you know, and I remember when he, you know, what I'm saying like when he even called to tell me, he was like, look, this interview is about to come out and I want to let you know that I'm gay. I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I'm driving on the interstate going to Mississippi to do a show. And when he told me that I was like, okay. <laughs> like I like you know what I'm saying? like what am I gonna say? He was like he was like well I just want you to know you know what I'm saying? I want you to hear from me. I was like okay. Man he was like okay. I was like all right. Then he was like you cool? I was like yeah. Then he was like you straight? I was like yeah I'm straight. You gay? <laughs> and when I said okay. and that's and that's exactly what he did. He started laughing. Then he started crying. And he started <laughs> talking about how. His brothers were like, I knew you was gay. And like how like all this was backfiring. He was like, Al, I've been preaching my whole life that the first step to deliverance is to admit what your problem is. He said, I finally admitted it and I'm losing everything. Well, let me ask you this, Al. Go ahead, Blue. How long at that point have you known him? Oh, man. At At that point, man, I knew him personally for about five years okay so you, you were around him i know y'all was in you in louisiana he's in san diego straight up you know what i'm saying so there's you know like you come to visit augusta claude fam new life family here in augusta right up so you was around him so at that in in between that five years prior to him telling you that did you kind of wonder if he was or not um I I I will say this, bro, and this is probably gonna get me into a lot of trouble. But I'm just gonna be honest. I I always take people for what they tell me until they tell me differently. And and I now I will say this again. I will not mention the name of the other person in the room, but I will say, and this was, but this was around that time of the of of the when all of this kind of came out during that time. There was a particular that there was something that raised my eyebrows. Okay. And it wasn't necessarily with him more than it was with someone else. But I just didn't, I wasn't really understanding the vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like the vibe was off. Because here was the thing, and I'll say this to you, Blue, even to this day, when when Slade and I link up, it ain't never on none of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. we literally had, like, no disrespect to anybody, but right. we literally still have the conversation like, ooh, you see that? Boy, she bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> on that, right, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, just being honest, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, there was, like, I think that those kind of things, and then maybe if I could be honest, bro, I think my love for him probably trumped me looking to see if there was something going on. Cause I, I didn't care about that. Like in my mind, bro, it's just, it's just like you talking about Claude, you know what I'm saying? Like I saw him as much. I actually probably, I, I saw him as much as I saw Claude. So if I came here and I was like, man, Claude really giving me crazy vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I, and I live my life based on that. Then it's like, 
I probably wouldn't have a relationship with my brother I got now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and and that's just, I, I'm just, I, I just believe in, you know what I'm saying? Like, if people got something they're going to, eventually they're going to tell you, or it's going, as my grandma said, it's going to come out in the wash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you know, yeah. and so I, so I can't, I can't say that there were uh, a lot of times where I thought that I just thought that toward the end, right before he did say it, like I just noticed a particular person that was around that really was throwing me off. It was just throwing me off. It was just throwing me off. So, uh, but anyway, back to, back to the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? Lexi was saying that she brought him on the show to help him. And the way he looks at it was that it was an all out attack because they never discussed the album, which they didn't. And they talked forever. And they never dis- discussed the album. They talked more about his sexuality and everything like that during that entire process. And again, it just goes to show you, bro. It's like, you know, um, it's just people, people can just recount things differently because then some years later, oh, there's another name I won't mention either. So then some years later, when Larry Reed works with him just a few years ago, you know, saying like Larry had a very, very positive encounter with him. He wrote a song for him, produced it. It was great. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden something hit the Internet. And it became very, very publicly discussed. And so Larry, like Claude said, discussed it. And it involved somebody in the gospel music industry to which Larry Reed thinking and saying again, his his thought about it was, I'm helping. So he said, Hey, um, y'all owe Tony an apology. If y'all doing this for this situation right here, all y'all owe Tony an apology. And so Tone looked at it differently. He was like, nah, this ain't the same thing. He was like, he was like, I ain't did none of that. He was like, I just told y'all what I was feeling. There was no evidence. No, you know what I'm saying? Nobody saw anything. And exactly. Exactly. And baby, you need the evidence. You know what I'm saying? There was no evidence. And y'all, like to, to use his words, they assassinated Tone. And and to be honest, it's like I'm looking at it from from all of their perspectives, and and I and and the conversation that Claude and I had was two things can be true at the same time, because they could literally in their mind say, "Man, I was really trying to help," and then it's like, oh, in his mind, he was like, "No, y'all were really just adding to the destruction." You know what I'm saying? Because if if we look at a lot of things, even in our own lives, when we have certain things go on. Sometimes we can mean well, but that doesn't mean that's the way that it really goes for the person that's involved. And so, you know, if I could be honest, you know, going back to a statement that Claude made when he was talking, when we were talking about uh, his performance, Slade's performance on the Stellar Wars in 1999, I would go on a limb. And I and I I'll, I'll I'll let you go here, Claude. I'll go on a limb and say that when that whole interview with Lexi dropped, there were people that were extremely happy. Oh, for sure, extremely happy because it was almost like we got it. Mm-hmm. We finally got it. 
because he's unarmed. Yeah, yeah, because because it was like, oh, he gave us all his bullets. You know what I'm saying? Like he was on, like you know what I'm saying? Like because again, going back to 1999, when that man got on stage and did all that dancing and all that singing. And then when we heard pronounced Tone come back out and it had a, a, a international, it was an international release and he only put two additional songs on the end of that thing. And I don't know if you remember <laughs> at the end when he was like, when it was the, the, uh, the, uh, pronounced Tone 2001 version and, uh, the way he was going and the rafters on these notes, he was trying to let them know, like, y'all are not ready for what's about to happen. Because right. I remember you said labels and boys and gospel force got scoop on a new CD. Lots of frustration, pleading litigation and demonic sign and principality. You know what I'm saying? But then like, you know, but now I'm out and I'm coming out swinging. Focus so pierced that it got your ears ringing. Ice in my ear and I'm straight bling blinging. Thought I'd come whack jigger. What was you thinking? San Diego in this mug. What you want? And in the back, he over in, my, in the ceiling. Lyric soprano. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lyric soprano. So he was a, he was a threat. Oh. Big time. Big time. I, mean, I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I definitely get it. I mean, because just listening to and knowing Claude and, and knowing you out. I didn't grow up listening to gospel. I didn't either. Let me just throw that out there, but go ahead. I'm listening. Listening to gospel, but when I got saved, I got into it. Right. I got appreciation for gospel. But then being that I'm a DJ or artist, I felt like that industry didn't accept me anyway. So it was like one of those things where ah, you know, they don't like me anyway. So it ain't really for me. But what I'm doing is, quote unquote, gospel. It's hip hop, but it's gospel. But that industry from from the jump, because even some of my personal experiences dealing with labels, talent shows, where there was a predominantly gospel church crowd, we were frowned upon. You know, like, what are you guys doing? What What is this? This is not mm-hmm. gospel music. This is. You rappers, you hippity hoppers, you know, all that kind of crazy <laughs> stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I mean, I'm trying, I'm I'm doing what I know, what I, you know, came from. There's always been music in my house. I could tell you more about soul, old school R&B and hip hop all day. Gospel, uh, you not know, so I much. know, I know not so much. Some of the, a lot of stuff you guys were saying, I heard about it. I knew about it. I didn't know the details about it. So when you guys are talking about stuff about, you know, gospel industry, I'm kind of like listening like I'm the listener of our show. You know, I'm like, okay, I do mm-hmm. remember that. I heard right. about that. I heard about him. I heard about her. Yeah, I kind of know about that. But I don't know because it was the industry for me that didn't accept me from the beginning. So I kind of felt like, and bumped him. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I know. You know, I, I love you. God. I praise God. I'm going to praise God for what I know. But I appreciate gospel music. I love gospel. But the industry itself always made me feel like you're not a part of it. So I kind of was like, eh, whatever. I'm saying so. I but see, it. that that goes back to, but, but, and see, this was why 
Tone was so necessary at the time. Mm-hmm. So our first guests that we had on TUD, Corey Red and Precise. Yeah. Right. Tone had them on tour with him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Tone had this idea to expose the gospel music industry to neo soul gospel artists because he had Lisa McClendon under his wing. McClendon, yep. You know what I'm saying? He was he was going to expose them to to hip hop artists because even when bro he had this, I'll be honest in saying that what helped catapult my career was when he had his syndicated radio show called Club Virtue. Club Virtue, yeah, Club Virtue, yeah. Club Virtue is where Backman got dropped, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Whoa!" You know what I'm saying, like that. But then on top of that. Do you know who was one of his first artists that he inter- interviewed on Club Virtue? Lecrae Moore. Hmm. He said Lecrae was his favorite rapper at wow. the time. And this was when Lecrae had just dropped after the music stops. Hmm. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So this is, you know what I'm saying? Punchline rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, back in the day, I was a lunchline rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like this, this is Lecrae. You know what I'm saying? Like that Lecrae. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, Tony had this idea, even with the Neuro Inc. faction, because, like, man, the 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 type of artists that were a part of Neuro Inc. I mean, Claude Deuce, <laughs> Claude Deuce was, like, boy wonder. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That's what he <laughs> called him. Like, he called him and Danielle the Wonder Twins. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Danielle, Danielle Harris and Claude Harris Jr. Mm. were a part of Neuro Inc., you know what I'm saying? Like they were their sound, like even tonight, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I just I can't get over this one song that Claude did years ago. I don't plan for failure, I succeed. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You know um, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that that song, man, like, you know, I will never forget that song. I I that song, ha oh, man, to this day, like the beat and everything, and I was just like. Who are these guys? Because for him to include me in this, I'm like, man, I'm not. This ain't what I do like these guys are. But not the way Shizmatonic was programming beats in 2003. So ahead of his time. What? Recipe Shizmatonic. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was unbelievable. So he was he was literally poised. Like, even when they dropped. Um, what was it called? Oh, 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 oh the, the compilation. Yeah, what was it called? MSS Dynasty. The Dynasty. Damn, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know what I'm saying? When they dropped the Dynasty joint on on um uh, Tommy Boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got the we got introduced to Ray McKay, to Miss Tony, to Tiffany Cross, to Gabron. Who is Gabron? Oh, nobody, homie. The, the what? That Mockingbird yeah, Slang that album to this day is dope. in my that, top five. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in my top five to this day. To this top day. five. You know to what I'm saying? Day. Exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? It was like he was he was extremely necessary, bro, because like you said, I didn't grow up. Like we listened to gospel on some Sunday mornings. I would listen to it with my grandmother, but only what came on, on 98.3 FM. Like, bro, like I tell people, I didn't know who commission was. I didn't know who Fred Hammond was. Like, I learned about all these people after my senior year in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did know the Clark sisters only because of you brought the sunshine. 
You know what I'm saying? I knew of uh, Reverend FC Barnes because I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. The Williams brothers <laughs> yeah, yeah, weep around yeah. your own front door. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just knew, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what were at that time, uh, and then the, the, the Winers brothers, it's time because they did that with your boy, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy Riley. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I didn't know, I didn't know these cats, man. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, Tony was, was very necessary. And I think that. At the same time of him being necessary, what he was poised to do was it, it was it was about to be industry shifting. And and I will say this, I, I will mention this name. And Claude, I will say this about Claude. Claude can mute me, he can he get upset with me or whatever like that, but I would say this. We the first time I physically met Claude was September 18th, 2003. It was the day before the live recording of Out the Box. We were lit- we literally met in San Diego. And Man, and Yeah, man, no, it was like you know what I'm saying? This was that was that was the first time I ever took a flight in my life. So, you know what I'm saying? So, September 19th, I'm watching Tony record Out the Box. I'm sitting on the front row with Claude and Danielle. Yolanda Adams and Kirk Franklin are sitting behind us. Kirk Franklin, actually, because Claude has always been, you know, Claude is a kind of, people don't really talk about my boy with his fashion. Let me tell you something about Claude. He's going to always be up on it, whether he don't wear it or not, he's going to be up on it. So Claude was ahead of the time. At that time, the Jamaican colors had dropped. Like, everybody started rocking the Jamaican colors. Right, right. Claude right, had right. on a Jamaican-colored wristband. Mm-hmm. Kurt Franklin goes, hey, man, can I wear that? Claude, sure. Claude gives it to him. If you go back and look at the out-the-box recording, Kirk has on Claude's wristband. I don't even think he ever gave it back to him. Never. But he, but he had it on. Hey. Yo, Kurt, you owe my man his wristband back, exactly. bro. But so what happened was, man, the reason why I will I will say this out loud, it is my belief, because I know it did happen, but I will say this. Kirk's idea of being a part of Out the Box was because he wanted to sign Tony to For Your Soul. He wanted to sign because he knew he couldn't do nothing with him. What he was about to do, he couldn't do nothing with it. The night of the recording, we were standing there on the front row. Mm -hmm. And Kirk Franklin's on the piano. Mm -hmm. Franklin starts playing God is Not Forgotten. Oh, I heard about this. Uh... Tony is singing the dog out of God is not forgotten. Come on. And in the middle of him singing it, he says, do you believe it? See notes. No, no, no. That was when in, in the neuro ink faction, Claude Deuce's name was C note. Yeah. He said, do you believe it? C note. And Claude leaves out of his chair and walks onto the stage. And I was looking like, what is going on? And so then Claude grabs the microphone and I would never forget the words. He said, I don't care what you're going through right now. 
I came all the way from Georgia to let you know that God is not for God. And then he did a run on that God. And when he did a run on that God, it was like, good God. I was like, oh, my good. Everybody went crazy in the building. Oh, my God. And then Claw started eating. It seemed like every second he got more and more comfortable. I already know. It was smashing. And then I think it hit him like, oh, I need to go ahead and end this. And then he was like, I I came to support my brother. And he said, if you believe it, wave your hands. Wave your hands. You know he's not forgotten. You know, no. And he gives him the microphone back. They hug, and then he comes on stage. Now, I ain't going to lie. The pride in me was like, I pray he doesn't call me up because I didn't know that he was gonna be calling us on the stage. I didn't know that he had talked to Claude about it prior to, but I was like, Lord, please don't let him call me because I cannot do any of that. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm talking about I'm sweating bullet, you feel me? But anyway, following that, Kirk is incredibly inquisitive about mm-hmm. one. C note. Right. Incredibly inquisitive about one C note and wanting to talk to him and converse with him. And at the time, uh, Tony was like this. Oh yeah. He's with me with neuro Inc. And that kind of just cut those talks down. You guys got that. Oh, yeah. It, it's deep in the email somewhere. Cause I know she sent it to me. Oh, see, 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 Shiz told me that story. Yeah, Shiz, and Shiz the one sent it to me. But I, I actually think I got it in the truck. Yo, I think I, I think I got it on my iPad. Okay, I mean my I know, iPod. I know it was but, edited but out. I think I got it somewhere. The final recording, but you guys got that? Yeah, we it's somewhere. We I I I, 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 I probably got it in the truck. Just being real with you. Wow. But yeah. So anyway. So so right. we'll just come like we're coming out of it because I, I think I really do have it. So you okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, man. So y'all hear that <laughs> the dude is insane. But these are these are the caliber artists that that Tone had around him. And I think the industry was scared. They were. And so whenever this whole interview dropped, they were like, Oh, we got him. Yeah, we got him. We got him. And that was when as he calls it, the assassination of Tony happened. You know what I'm saying? Which is the reason why, you know, when he rebranded as B. Slade mm-hmm. and people say, I missed the old Tony. He's like, y'all killed him. What do y'all, what do, what do y'all, y'all want me to be somebody that y'all murdered? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and again, you know, his perspective, I'm, I'm not saying that Larry Reed's perspective is wrong, nor that Lexi's perspective is wrong, nor that B. Slade's perspective is wrong. It's just like, man, this was like, you know, these things can be right at the same time. It's just people's perspective. And so, you know, man, I just, you know, but to go back to this, I saw this man go from being an independent artist to being the number one gospel artist on a major label in the world to being back an independent artist. Yeah. And the thing about him being an independent artist right now, when I tell you this dude grinds, 
He is a studio rat. And always has been. Always has been. Always has been. Always never lost that. Always has been. Like he didn't let the success. Let me tell you something, man. Keep it a bean, son. When I was out there, I was out there a week while he was creating O2. Mm -hmm. He got a check in the mail from Verity, from Zamba recording. It was in the amount of $50,000. Now, and he told me, he said, now that's just for me. He asked me to open it. And he said, read it. What is it? And I told him, I said, it's a check. And he said, for how much? And I said, $50,000. And he said, $50,000? He said, okay, cool. He said, yeah, that's for me to live off of while I'm making it out. <laughs> he said, because, you know, in order for me to make the album, I can't I can't do a tour. Right. I said, I got engagements. I got bookings, you know, that I fulfill. He's like, but we're pretty much, I'm just going to be at the crib working on the album. Mm-hmm. So he didn't let any of that those those type of dollar amounts and figures and believe me he was he was seeing some bread at the height of this thing at the he was seeing some bread but he didn't let none of that change his work ethic yeah so you know signed artists independent artists my man always was working and that and that and and like I said he's back to being an independent artist right now just dropped a new project called My Modern Manhood on his Bandcamp and. You would think he's never ever had a major deal, uh, which which I think we can kind of kind of lock it up and tell all of our independent artists out here that the last thing that you want to make sure that you have is work ethic. Don't ever lose an exceptional or really good work ethic, because what's going to happen is there are going to be times where you don't feel it. Just because you don't feel it, right, doesn't mean you don't work. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what the time to do. work. Man, really that's work. the AI. Hey, come on, talk blue. Yes, that's, that's what the it time is. To do it's it, like, man. man. When when you don't feel it, mm-hmm. that's when you gotta push past it. And I'm gonna keep it a buck with Sean, man. Is, I had to, I had to grab that back because mm-hmm. for a minute, for a minute, man, I lost that because I'm like, man, I'm getting old. Uh, you know, this thing ain't seem like it's is 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 jumping it. off like it used to, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's peaks and valleys, man. I'm sitting in the valley for a minute, man, and I just got to the point I didn't really want to even mess with it. You know, what I'm saying it was here yeah. and there. You know, what I'm saying I would come into the lab, I look, I wouldn't even turn the equipment out, I just walk back out. Nah, I'm good. You know, what I'm saying so. It was just one of those things that what you're saying about that. Yeah, I definitely uh, can really attest to that, man, because it got to a point, man, that my my work ethic, you know, just fell down because I was like, nah, man, this 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 thing ain't kicking like it used to, man. So I'm just going to just kind of lax out. The next thing you know, days will go by, weeks will go by, months will go by. Then it became every now and then I, I, I'll get in the lab and do what I need to do, man. But just in just in recent weeks, man, I just really got back into it. Just was like, you know what? I gotta get in. I gotta get back in it to get back into it, man. So yeah. that's 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 it, bro. You just gotta keep. You gotta keep at it, man. You gotta keep stabbing at it. And see what's crazy about the words you use is, man. Like two two things that that I live by is one: faith is proclaimed on a mountain, yep. but it's proven in the valley. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, it's easy to shout it while you're at the top, but when you down there in the gutter. Oh, man. You know I'm saying this is where it's proven, and and 
And I remember in uh in in Psalms where it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. I will fear no evil. And one of the things, man, and I know people have gotten to a place where they understand this a lot better, but it's the second thing I live by. It's like, man, even when I'm in the valley, the reason why there's a shadow there. Is because light has to exist. Come on, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. You feel me? You feel me? Like the reason why there's a shadow is because there's light in the valley. Yeah. And that's what that's what people like a lot of the times we like, man, I'm walking through this valley and it's dark and it's death and it feels like it's over. And it's like, but there's a, when he said, I walked through the, the valley of the shadow of death. And like mm-hmm. the only reason why there's a shadow is because there's light presence. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so even when I'm at those low places where I don't feel it, yeah, and it feels dark and it feels clammy and it feels like I'll never see the mountaintop again, there's light there. And as long as there's light there, there's the, abil- the ability to develop, there's the ability to create. There's mm-hmm. ability to live. You know what I'm saying? So those are the two things that, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I live by, bro. And, and I'll, I'll say this shouts out to, to New Life Church, man, because again, you know what I'm saying? Like seeing that building with my own eyes this past week has been, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, it's like, you know, a lot of the times, you know, and I'm sitting here looking at, you know, like I, I, I mentioned in church today, you know, pastors Claude and, and Regina Harris both at different times said to me, who in the world would build a church at this late in their lives? And I was just like, man. And I'm just thinking like 20 years ago, this was the vision. Yep. And to see it finally coming to fruition, it's like, bro, who am I to put a time stamp or a time limit on God? If he said it, it that settles it. It's got to happen. I don't, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's got to happen now. It may not happen in the time that I was hoping that it would, but man, I think it'll happen at the perfect time if I, you know, submit to his will for my life. So, you know what I'm saying? That, that's just where I'm at. So, you know, we all out here trying to, you know, improve on those things. So make sure you understand independent artists that all three of us on TUD are independent artists as well. And so we know not what we only, talking about. So not only are we giving you things <laughs> that you should be doing, we're saying these things to ourselves as well, because these are things that we need to continue to implement you know what I'm saying? To make sure that we are being effective and that we are maxing out at what God has called us to do. So y'all be encouraged. We're encouraged. You know what I'm saying? It is what we do. So for my boy DJ Sean Blue, yep. I'm being Claude Deuce. It's Big Al Cherry, the Underrated Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune back in next week. Oh, yeah.